Welcome to the White Hatter Parenting in an Online World podcast. And on this podcast, we're going to be taking a more holistic approach to online safety in an enlightening and not frightening way, based upon facts and not fear. We will provide parents, caregivers, and educators with real-world examples, experiences, and evidence-based research that will help to keep our kids safer emotionally, psychologically, physically, and even socially when they're navigating today's online world. Let's get after it, shall we? Well, welcome everyone, Darren with the White Hatter team, and I'm excited to be your host again. And on this podcast episode, we're going to be talking about back to school tech prep. You know, now that the summer holidays are coming to an end, we parents and caregivers need to start thinking about preparing our kids for the return back to school. And a part of that preparation is their past, present and future use of technology going into the new school year. As always, this episode is not about telling you how to parent your child because you're the parent, not us. This podcast episode is all about bringing to your attention what we've seen to be the best practices when it comes to parenting in today's on-life world. Now, some of the ideas and recommendations that I'm about to share with you are not necessarily tech-centric, but they all play an important role in our kids' digital well-being, especially now that they will be starting a new school year. So here are some of our thoughts here at the White Hatter. Recommendation number one, stabilize sleep routines. We know that during the summer break, many youth adopt a stay up late and wake up late mindset when it comes to sleep. Given that we are a couple of weeks out from the start of the new school year, now is the time to incrementally change their sleeping cycle back to one that is congruent with heading back to school. Remember, the research shows us that youth need between 8 to 12 hours of good deep sleep every night to help the brain develop and to be at its optimum level when it comes to learning during school hours. We spoke about sleep issues more in depth in episode number three, so make sure you check out that important podcast. Recommendation number two, stabilize tech use. During the summer break, there was likely an increase in tech use by your kids throughout the entire day. Now is the time to start scaling back the use of tech incrementally. A balanced use of tech will be extremely important now that school is about to start. Recommendation number three, the 30 minute bedtime rule. Studies have shown that if you're using tech right up to the point of bedtime, especially when it comes to gaming, it doesn't allow your brain time to what psychologists call decompress, or in other words, slow down. I'm an online gamer. I love the game. If I'm gaming right up to bedtime, when I put my head to pillow, my brain is still highly engaged and therefore it makes it harder for the brain to go to sleep. I like to use the following analogy. How many of you have ever experienced a situation when you have something on your mind that you need to do the next day that is really important and you can't stop thinking about it when you go to bed? The result? A bad night's sleep. This is what happens when we're engaged with our tech just before bedtime. The 30-minute rule gives your child's brain the time it needs to slow down in preparation and for the facilitation of a good night's sleep. Recommendation number four, no tech in the bedroom. Other than a medical exemption, like diabetes type 1, where the phone can be used to monitor blood glucose, parents should never allow any technology, cell phones, laptops, gaming consoles, into a child's bedroom, and here are the reasons why. Number 1. Although your child is going to bed at 9pm, if they have their tech with them, they'll be under their sheets so you don't see the blue glow over their phone, communicating with their friends or playing games late into the night and sometimes into the early hours of the morning. Number two, the constant rings, dings, and haptic vibrations from the tech in the bedroom can also interfere with sleep given that your child will constantly check to see who's messaging them no matter what the hour. 
And number three, often teens' less than desirable online behavior is facilitated under the following conditions. Teen in their bedroom with a device that is connected to the internet at night without any kind of parental overwatch. One thing we've heard clearly from teachers, school counselors, principals, and even students themselves is how many kids are coming to school tired. Why? Because they're on their devices in their bedrooms to all hours of the night, playing games, interacting with friends, or checking their phones when it rings, dings, or vibrates, no matter what the hour. For these reasons, we need to get all technology out of the bedroom. Now, recommendation number five, make sure you obtain your child's school tech policy and code of conduct, if they have one, before the first day of school if possible, and read it together with your child. Many schools have now implemented policy and codes of conduct specific to the use of personal tech on school property. Both you and your child need to know what these rules are and discuss them together. Proper pre-planning prevents poor performance. Not only is it important for your child to know the school rules, but it is also important for you as the parent so that you're not helping your child to facilitate a breach not knowing any better. Recommendation number six, implement a family collective agreement on tech use both inside and outside of the home. Now, if your child has tech, especially tech that they will be taking back and forth to school, a family should be implementing what we call a family collective agreement. We have designed one for parents that you can find on our resource page on our website, which is www.thewhitehatter.ca. This family collective agreement clearly outlines the accept acceptable use of technology both inside and outside of the home. Post this on the kitchen fridge to compound the message and refer to it often. Remember, knowledge and the understanding and application of that knowledge is power. Recommendation number seven, have a digital dinner once a week. Now, this doesn't mean you allow tech at the dinner table. You should never allow any phone or any other tech to be present during any mealtime. Rather, the primary discussion at the dinner table will surround everything to do with technology, the internet, and social media that is happening in your child's life. Parenting tip. The research shows us that dinner is the best time to interact, connect, and communicate as a family, to talk about everything digital that is happening in your child's life. Take advantage of this opportunity. You will be amazed at what you will learn from your kids. Now, recommendation number eight, ensure that malware protection is downloaded onto their personal devices. This will help to reduce the risk to your home network if something bad or malicious is downloaded on their device outside of the home and then later connected to the home network. We recommend Bitdefender for both laptops and cell phones. A link to Bitdefender can be found in the episode description of this podcast. Recommendation number nine, make sure that your home network is also secure. Again, make sure that you have malware virus protection on your own personal devices and home network is extremely important no matter if you have a PC or an Apple. We are both PC and Apple users here at the White Hatter and we use Bitdefender to protect both platforms. You also want to ensure that you have proper home router protection. We believe the best family home router on the market is the Griffin router. Not only does it allow you to control all devices that connect to the internet in your home, but it also comes with built-in malware protection, a virtual privacy network to protect your IP address that makes it harder for people to figure out where you live, as well as port protection to protect your routers against what's called a direct denial of service attack, commonly known as a DDoS attack, which is designed to shut your home internet service down. This is especially important if your child is an online gamer. A link to Bitdefender and the Griffin router can be found in the episode's description of this podcast. Recommendation number 10. Remember, school-issued tech may not have the privacy and security options that are needed once your child leaves the school property. 
This is especially true with Google Chromebooks. Parental restrictions and filters that you have placed on your home computer or device are likely not going to be congruent with the school's device that your child brings home. We often find that filtering, monitoring, and virus protection that schools implement only work when the school's device is connected to the school's network. However, once the child leaves the school network, these restrictions no longer apply, which means your child may have the ability to freely roam the internet without any kind of protection as long as they can find a Wi-Fi connection. This is why it is so important for parents to check with the school to see if this is in fact the case with the child's device that they've been given by the school. If it is, often the only person who can allow the download of third-party privacy, safety, and security software onto a child's device is the school's IT manager. Recommendation number 11, allow some time once your child gets home from school to decompress and then have them transition to homework. One thing that we do recommend, once your child gets back from school, allow them time to take a break from school and schoolwork for about an hour. Then transition them over to homework that, is, that needs to be done if in fact they have homework to be done. Recommendation number 12, wherever possible, have them do homework in a public place in the home. Again, no tech in the bedroom, and that includes when it comes to homework. We recommend that you set up a specific space in the home where any and all homework can be done. If they don't require their tech for the purposes of homework, then remove it. Tech, when not being used for educational purposes, can act as a distraction which can have a negative effect on concentration, learning, and retention. Now, recommendation number 13 is something that we commonly hear from teachers. Please stop texting your kids while they're in school. It is extremely disruptive to the learning environment. Wait until a lunch break or even after the end of day bell to send a message or to make a call. If it's an emergency, phone the office. And recommendation number 14, allow your child to have some agency in everything that we've shared in this podcast. Allowing your child to have some agency in the return back to school routines as it relates to their use of technology can often, not always, assist a child's buy-in. By sitting down and discussing the why rather than just putting into place what we have discussed in today's podcast because you're the parent and what you say goes, it often creates a significant pushback from youth. Often, allowing your child to have some agency in the process can reduce the frustrations that will take place with any change in routine. Who knows, maybe even they will have some great ideas that you never thought about. Youth have a lot to offer us parents and caregivers. We adults just need to be willing to listen. Yes, this podcast episode was about heading back to school, but when it comes to parenting and technology, it's all about a balanced approach that covers five basic parenting principles, which include, number one, allow your child some agency in their use of technology and let them play a role in helping to create boundaries. Why? Inclusion rather than exclusion helps to create critical thinking and buy-in surrounding a balanced use of technology. Number two, parental modeling of technology is important. What's good for the goose should be good for the gander with some exceptions given that we are adults. If we are on our phones texting and surfing when our kids are attempting to talk to us about something that is important in their life, guess what your kids will do when you're attempting to talk to them and they have their phones on. Number three, parental communication is key. Understanding what is happening in your child's online world from their perspective is so important and one reason why we recommend a digital dinner once a week. Number four, parental participation can go a long way in building a parent cred. Get involved in your child's online world. Participate rather than just regulate. Have your kids become your teacher and you become the student. You will be amazed at what you will learn. And number five, parental overwatch, that is age and risk appropriate, where reasonable to do so, is important, especially at younger ages. 
something that we discussed in episode seven. And I recommend you all have a listen to that episode as well. As we always say in all our parent and caregiver programs, be your child's best parent and not their best friend when it comes to their online world. There is a difference. However, to do this, parents and caregivers need to educate themselves as well. And again, this is what this podcast is all about. Remember parents, you're not alone in this digital journey. We are here to help. Don't forget to check out our website at www.thewhitehatter.ca and our White Hatter Facebook page where there's just a ton of free content to help parents and caregivers in today's on-life world. As well, on our website, we outline all the programs that we offer to schools, families, youth groups, and even businesses when it comes to social media safety and digital literacy. Stay strong, be that mentor and digital sheepdog, and from the White Hatter team, thank you for listening, and until our next podcast, have a great week, everybody.